Welcome to the Cornerstone Corner, our weekly message podcast. At Cornerstone, we are enthusiastic about all ages, having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open the Bible and hear God's word for us today. Hey, good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Y'all are too happy to be with each other and you don't want to pay attention to me. Hey, good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, before we jump into our teaching this morning, I want to let you know my name is Matt Porman. I'm the lead pastor here. I'm glad that you're here this morning. Uh, we have some time together. Uh, but before we jump into the teaching, I did want to quickly mention something to you. Um, and it's actually going to highlight something as well. And that is, uh, two Sundays ago, we had an event that we called Second Service. It was our worship night. And I know it confused a lot of people because they were like, don't we already have a second service? Yes, we have a second service. But it was the second service that you would come to that day. Anyway, we may not call it that next time. But anyway, all that said, uh, it was an incredible night uh, of, of worship and prayer. Uh, it was awesome. But I, w- I wanted to talk about it for a minute because uh, earlier that week, I was actually praying. Uh, Zach had said, hey, if you can just... Um, Take some time to pray and see what God might want us to pray about that night. That'd be great. And you can lead that. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. And so there were a couple things that I felt like the Lord said, hey, that night, make sure you pray about this. And so uh, there were some things that I I brought up. But one of the things that I felt like God said that I should be praying for and that we should throw out was for uh, people with learning disabilities. And I thought, that's kind of unique. That's a little odd. I don't want to make people feel outed, those kind of things. So I wrote it down as an option to, to do, but I thought I'm probably not going to share it. Um, but I really felt like I was supposed to. So I, I, I shared it that night. Um, and uh, this is where the story gets kind of cool. So that night we had a, a guest with us. Uh, it's actually a friend of Zach Rudd, who's our uh, worship director. And he didn't even know she was coming, but she came. And uh, unbeknownst to him and me, she had just been diagnosed with a learning disability. And so we're like, Okay, God, we can, we hear you. There's something on right now. There's like an aura. The angels are singing. <laughs> Zach will take care of that. But um, so, uh, so and I was like, okay, God, those kind of things. And so that was cool enough. I was like, okay, I didn't really feel like I was, I was, felt like I was supposed to share that. It was kind of resisting, didn't want to share it, but then I shared it. Uh, and then this lady, young lady is there. But not only that, the story doesn't stop there. Uh, at that point, uh, the prayer crew was kind of over here against the wall, and she walked up to the per- first person that she saw. I don't think she had any reason to go to her, but she actually went to someone in our church who's a teacher who specializes working, working, working with kids with learning disabilities. And I thought, how cool is God that he like not only said, hey, Matt, do this thing. And, and, and she was here. And, they said, and so I got a text back from her uh, later that evening and said, hey, I just want you to know this happened. And that young lady is, is really excited about her future. How many of you know that it could be to the point where you could be not so excited about your future? And she's excited about her future. And so I thought, one, I wanted to highlight that because I just wanted to give God credit for that because I think God is cool. All right. But two, I wanted to highlight that also because um, uh, I wanted to highlight the value of prayer. And receiving prayer. Uh, many of you know that we've been around here uh, over the last couple of uh, weeks. We've been talking about how we want to try to make the altar of God, a, a, uh, like a, take away the stigma of coming to the altar of God. And my guess is that some of you um, might be like she was, and you might be in need of something that, that maybe um, she put herself in a place where she, she came forward and she, she was being a little bit vulnerable and those kind of things. And, and, she, and God did something in her life. And so I want to use that today um, because I guess, my guess is there are probably some of you here today that um, you are where she is and where she was, where you need some encouragement. Maybe you need inner, inner, inner healing, physical healing. Maybe you need uh, relational help, et cetera, et cetera. And you could benefit from showing up like she did. 
You could benefit from uh, walking forward, putting yourself in a position to receive, and maybe you need to schedule, and this is what I wanted to highlight today, maybe you need to schedule what we're calling around here an extended prayer session. And so um, it's been in your program week after week after week and uh, those kind of things, but I wanted to highlight today, you know, this particular story was uh, this young lady received prayer during a service, and we're going to keep doing that every week. We're going to offer opportunities to receive prayer, those kind of things. But um, my guess is there might be some of you here, you need more than just a minute or two after a service on a Sunday morning. And so we have a, a trained group of volunteers that could walk you through a guided prayer uh, session um, and see what God might do. By the way, I've, I've submitted myself to some of these uh, over the course of my life and walk with Christ as well. And they've been super beneficial, like extremely beneficial. And so um, my thought was that uh, we actually have a goal this year to get a bunch of y'all through uh, an extended prayer session. It's, it's one of the things that we really want to accomplish by the end of the year because we want to see the fruit of what might come in the individual's life and the fruit of our church by submitting yourself to prayer. So it's pretty simple. All you have to do is email prayer at cornerstone.email and say, hey, I want to request a, um, a uh, extended prayer session, and we'll get that set up with you, all those kind of things. And so um, I just wanted to make sure to highlight that because uh, it might just change your life. Being willing to submit for an hour for somebody to pray with you uh, might just change your life, and it may be worth it. All right. And so we're going to keep talking about this over the course of the rest of the year, but I uh, wanted to highlight that from the value of this young lady who submitted herself to a vulnerability of that. Maybe you need to do the same. Okay? All right. So with that, then, let's jump into our teaching for the day. And normally, I would tell you to grab a Bible and turn to a certain uh, book of the Bible. But today, we're actually going to be jumping around just a little bit. Um, and so uh, just get a Bible out if you want and be ready to turn to a couple places. That, uh, we're going to look at several different verses to, to guide our discussion. Uh, but feel free, feel free to grab a Bible. There are many uh, spread throughout the auditorium, about every other seat or so. You could grab one of those if you'd like to. Or go to sermons.church on a browser on your device, and all the scriptures and fill in the blanks will be there for you today, all right? And to get us started today, I want to start with this. I'm curious if any of you last week saw this in the news. Anybody see this in the news? The, the headline there says, seven hospitalized after tree branch falls on family at the San Diego or San Antonio Zoo. Anybody see this in the news? Anybody? Yeah, a couple of you guys. I don't really pay attention much to the news because I think it's toxic, but I, every now and then uh, I will like catch something and I caught this in the news and I was on my social media feed and I was like, man, look at Leah, this is crazy. There's people at the zoo and, and this tree branch fell on them and all that kind of stuff. Um, and... Um, and so I was like, man, this is super crazy and so unfortunate. I mean, this was just a, a, a bunch of people trying to enjoy spring break, right? Going to the zoo in San Antonio, those kind of, and a tree falls on them. Like, that's crazy, right? And, and I think everyone's okay from what I read from the news. I think there was one person in critical condition, but I think the outlook is good for them, those kind of things. And so I'm super thankful for that. But it makes me think about uh, that story, and many of them like that. I mean, it was just somebody who was just telling me before church, church today about, like, tornadoes down in Alabama or something. Like, I didn't even know that was going on, right? It, it makes me think, and, and this, this question, why do bad things happen? Like, why do bad things like this happen to people simply trying to enjoy an afternoon at the zoo? Um, and, and I will tell you, I think that's actually a really good question. Why do bad things happen? Um, honestly, I, I'm, I'm sure for that family and even some that are in Alabama with the tornadoes and all those kind of things, I bet that's probably a question they're asking this morning. Why do bad things happen? Probably some of you over your lifetime have asked that question. And I think it's a very good question. Um, why? Why does this stuff happen? And, and especially for us in the context here at Cornerstone and a church and those kind of things, like the, if we put God in the mix, right? Like the question of if God is real and he's good, then really why does all this bad stuff happen? Why, why is there tornadoes? Why does this branch fall on these people? Why do they have to go to the hospital? All those kinds of things. 
Well, again, I think it's a good question on what we're going to actually explore today. We're going to explore that question in depth today. But first, I want you to hold that thought for just a second. If you were here last week, we, you know, we started a new series called FAQs, Frequently Asked Questions About Faith, in which we are tackling the frequently asked questions about faith that people have about following God or about faith. And maybe they're trying to find meaning in their life, or maybe they are trying to search for a connection with God. Uh, those questions, we're kind of exploring those questions and trying to we're trying, I'm trying to give you some good answers uh, from the scripture uh, to help us understand faith in God, uh, just be super helpful and see what God will do. And today, this week's question is, if God is real, then why does all this bad stuff happen? And um, I think, again, a valid question, because um, my guess is there's probably many of you in the room, you had something bad happen this week, right? Um, the tornadoes happened just yesterday, like all those kind of things. And so it's a good question, valid question. I want to unpack those today with three specific points uh, as we look at several different chunks of scripture um, this morning that will direct us to, uh, I think, the answer to that question, all right? But first, I want to pray. So if you would pray with me, and then I'll give those things to you. So, Father, we thank you for um, giving us an ability to come and to sing and to worship you this morning. And Father, we do pray that as we um, not uh, direct our attention away from you, actually even deeper direct our attention towards you through the scriptures we're going to look at and this idea of this answering this question, God, I hope that you would uh, just come and teach us and, and um, help us get to a good answer. Help me to get to a good answer. I pray, God, that you would make our hearts, our souls, our minds sticky and supernatural things would stick to us, that we would, God, just be more like Jesus as a result of our time together and that, um, God, that you help us understand this. This is, this is, I think, something that every human being on the planet wrestles with. Why does bad stuff happen? And so, God, help us, teach us. We give this time to you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we have three points today regarding our understanding of why bad things happen. Here's the first one. Write this down. Understanding why bad things happen requires, one, knowing its beginning. You can write that in. Knowing its beginning. And I specifically use this picture here of what obviously was a bad hurdle run, Right, if you're uh, it's track season, my, my kids are about ready to start track, all that kind of stuff. It's track season. Uh, this is a bad hurdle run, and and when, in hurdles, like if you hit one hurdle, oftentimes you hit another and another and another. Like sometimes you can have bad runs, and so I use this picture because understanding why bad things happen requires knowing its beginning. And like this hurdle run, it was a bad beginning for us as humans, right? And a a bad beginning is a is reason for a bad race, and well, ultimately uh, for. Uh, bad to be around in life. We're, for this point, I want to look at Romans chapter 5. So if you have a Bible, you want a thumb there, you can turn to Romans chapter 5. This gives us some evidence to the reasoning towards this. It says in Romans 5 verse 12, it says, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. And so this was the beginning for you and me as human beings, and it was not great. Okay, I mean, as it, as it brought sunshine and rainbows, right? No, it didn't bring sunshine and rainbows. It says it brought death, right? Death that spread to everyone, every human. I actually looked up that word death in the original language of the Bible this week, and it's this word, thanatos, and it means the misery of the soul arising from sin, which begins on earth but lasts and increases after the death of the body in hell without a relationship with Jesus Christ. And though this, that last part on there is something that's a little scary, right? The whole word hell and all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to have time to dig into that today, okay? And, and, and so the reality of all that, that's something that every individual should consider. The part that I want to focus on there is, uh, for this point is where it says what was spread, death, right, was and is the misery of the soul arising from sin, which then I underline this. Go ahead and bring that up which begins on earth, but lasts. 
And so this is telling us this scripture, because again, that's the word within the scripture, right? That what this is telling us is that the, as a result of Adam's sin, referring to, some of you know, in the book of Genesis chapter 3, you can uh, read it on your own time this week, do the whole thing, I don't have time to go through it today, okay? Uh, but this is talking about when Adam and Eve are in the Garden of Eden, and, they, and God says, hey, you can eat anything in the garden except for this one tree, don't eat anything like that, and they did not listen to God, and they ate that fruit, Right? And because of that, because of that sin, because of the fact that like Adam and Eve decided they wanted to, been real, let's be honest, be their own God rather than follow God, they brought bad into the world. Bad became a thing and spread, it says spread to all of us, every human began on earth. But here's the kicker, and this is the part that just sucks, and I'm sorry. It lasts. Bad lasts. It entered the world and started then what happened then, a chain reaction that now will continue to happen till the end of time. Aren't you so glad you came to church? To the end of time, that started a chain reaction, a very bad beginning. We had a very bad beginning. And so, by the way, side note, the, the, the part of this, again, read the whole thing on your own time this week, but in Genesis 3, it actually says this, that women, you got this because of it. To win the women, he said, I will make your pains and childbirthing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to your children. Love that, right? Ladies, you love it, don't you? It's great. It's awesome. It caused then, not only that, it caused life to be really hard for all of us. Genesis chapter 3, 17 and 19. Curses the ground because of you. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. This created the world and life for us to be hard. Living out this life with a cursed ground, having to sweat and toil and press through rather than, in my head, when I, when I think about the Garden of Eden, I think about heaven, those kind of things, I think about eating fruit, right, um, and just chilling, like with my feet kicked up, right? So instead of a life like that where, where like we could just like pick some grapes and eat all day and bask in the sunshine, all those kind of things, it started a chain reaction of bad that now will last until the end of time. And here's what I think what happens in this life as human beings. What happens is that, that though we as humans, we all started it and we had the bad beginning, God gets the bad rap here. God gets the bad rap, right? Remember, our question today is, if God is real, then why does all this bad stuff happen? And here's the truth. God is real and he's good. Hear me. God is real and he's good. It actually says in James chapter 1, verse 17, it says, For every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting. He doesn't change. He's been the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is good. He's been good. And so if it ain't good, it ain't God. You've heard me say that before. God did not want bad to be in the world. He didn't author evil, negativity, or bad. To be honest, he doesn't like it. And he, what God is doing is he's lovingly and diligently trying as hard as possible to get us back and restore us back to the original creation of paradise from which he wanted us to actually be. It's what he really wanted for Adam and Eve. They just chose differently and set on a course for you and I to be then tripping over that stuff as well. Bad things happen because we as humans had a bad beginning. Now, when you get to this place in the argument, then people are like, okay, well, well then what about Satan? You know, what about, what about him? Because if God created all creation from everything from his hand was, uh, has and does and will exist, then, then that includes Satan, right? And, and so he was before Adam. And so this was all part of the plan then. Like God knew, right, the enemy. No, 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 no. You got to understand that, again, God is good. From all things God created, it was good. It actually says in tons of scriptures in Genesis chapter uh, 1, this is from uh, verse 31, it says, God saw all, that means all, that he created and made 
and it was very good. God saw all that he had made, and it was not only good, it was very good. And so though, though, although God created Satan at the time, uh, his name was Lucifer, he was an angel, God did not create the evil that bore it in his heart. And he chose to act on his rebellion against God, which ultimately led for him to be cast out of heaven and then become the enemy of your soul and my soul, uh, was a path of his own choosing of the enemy. Again, God did not want this. It's, it's how it played out because of us. Uh, bad things happened because we as humans had a bad beginning. We brought evil and negativity and bad into the world because uh, we fell to the scheme of the enemy, the one who fell first. And again, it set off a chain reaction that now will last to the end of time. And here's the key, because I know that feels like a wah, wah, right? Um, here's the key to this, though. That's not the end of the story. That's the key. It's not the end of the story. It's, it's, it, no, no, it's just the middle. It, it, I was thinking like this. Uh, some of you guys are, are readers. I don't like reading. My, love, my wife loves to read. When we were on vacation, she read like literally four books in like four days. I don't know how she does that. Um, some of you guys are, are readers. I'm not a reader, but you know, like, right? Like, it'd be like, I'm thinking, like, sometimes when you, read, you start a book, it has a really, like, eh, I don't know. I started reading this book, and I don't know if it's going to be very good, right? But, but if you stick with it, it starts to get interesting, right? And then by the end, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that this happened to that person. No, like, like, because it, so if you give up in the bad beginning, you would never figure out that it actually gets interesting, right? And sometimes if we keep reading the book, again, I'm talking about you, not me, because I don't read books. Um, I just read, the, my kids go, you want to read the Bible, Dad? Yeah, I just read the Bible. Um, if we can stick it out, the journey will be well worth reading the rest of the book. And all that didn't make any sense. What I'm trying to get at is, is the, the ending, if we can endure the evil, negativity, and bad, will be, if we include God and we walk with him in our lives through Jesus Christ, the ending, folks, the ending will be really good. It'll be really good and worth the journey with God in heaven. Um, but until then, the middle is where we're at, and the plot is thickening, right? But we got we to gotta keep going through the plot or as it thickens to get to the good part. We're in the middle. And so just like that book, right? If it had a bad beginning, we had a bad beginning. That beginning can help us understand the why. It helps me. The why of, of, of it all until the end. Keep if I could tell you, keep reading. In your life, just keep reading. The middle isn't the end, not even the good part. Know the beginning, but keep reading. Keep pressing on. Yes, bad stuff's gonna happen. But we had a bad beginning, what if the middle would just get really good and the end, oh man, it's going to be awesome. So understanding why bad things happen requires knowing its beginning. That's the first point today. Second thing, which was sort of kind of alluding to just a minute ago, write this down. Understanding why bad things happen requires knowing its now function. Knowing its now function. And what I mean, what I mean by that is that um, bad began long ago, right? We just established that in the last point. And we're told it lasts, and so it being our middle, the middle of our story, as the plot thickens, we have to understand something, and that is that there is a silver lining when bad creeps its way into our lives. There's a possible function if and when it does, like I put in my notes as plausible purpose that we can gain for this life. Grit, as we've been talking about it this year here at Cornerstone. 
Not that we desire the circumstances to get there, right? No, nobody wants to go through bad times, but, but it does give us those, those, those uh, often super hard to get there, but like it gives us that stuff. And, and by the way, just being a descendant of Adam, it's what we get. It's the life we get to live. But the question is, do we, do we look for and see the possible plausible purpose that is perhaps out there for us when life gets messy? Which really is the kind of this point, but before I talk too much about it, uh, let me point to a few verses of scripture to allow us to see what I'm talking about um, and what I mean. Let's look again at Romans chapter 5. It's a little bit earlier in the text. Romans 5, this is in the New Living Translation, says this. It says, we rejoice when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character and character strength, uh, sorry, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. There's a silver lining. That verse tells us there's a silver lining when bad creeps into our lives. There's a possible function, plausible purpose. It says there there's endurance, strength of character, strengthening of our confident hope, which by the way won't lead to disappointment. All that we can gain grit. Grit. Understanding why bad things happen requires knowing it's now function. If indeed we are in the middle of our story of a dysfunctional beginning of humanity, as the plot thickens, we have to understand that we can take this bad, that we just have to live within this life in a broken world and see what good can come from it. What lessons we can learn, where we can be strengthened, what positive thing that we can get. Maybe something that can be produced in us now that bad has come. What's the possible function, the plausible purpose out there just waiting? But we have to be willing to look for it and see it. Because bad is around and it will continue in this life to be bad. The question is, are we, are we, what are we taking from it, right? And, and, and though I know that's super hard, I know that some of you are going through like crazy hard things and, and me saying that like, yeah, but Matt, I get it. I know that you're going through some hard things. And, and by the way, some of you are going through things that like are the hardest things of your life. And I'm not trying to minimize those things, but, but I would say to you this is that, that from what I read from the scripture is that the reality of God will take what has been messy and he will make beautiful things. God will take messy things and, and make beautiful things. It actually says in James chapter 1, verse 2, 3, 4, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. That perseverance finishes its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So hard, so hard sometimes. But the right way to try and think about this in this life, find the silver lining, try and find the good in the bad, in the hard, in the messy. And again, I think it's extremely hard with certain things in this life. But as I was working on this message this week, I was um, just on the internet looking for some stuff, trying to do some illustrations. I came across a video um, that I want to show to you today um, that I think, um, at least for me, it gave, gives me some motivation to try to find the good in the messy. So I wanted to show it to you. Take a look at this and then I'll make a comment. Maybe I should just quit and go back to making noodles. Look, kid, bad things happen and you can't do anything about it, right? Right. Wrong! When the world turns its back on you, you turn your back on the world. 
when life gets you down, you know what you gotta do? I don't wanna know what you gotta do. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. You gotta put your past behind you. But it still hurts. Oh, yes, the past can't hurt. But the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. But today is a gift. That is why it is called a present. Your story may not have such a happy beginning, but that doesn't make you who you are. It is the rest of your story. So, who are you? The title of that video, uh, I almost cried when I watched it the first time. Um, the title of that video is Bad Things Happen. Appropriate for, I think, for today's conversation. But beyond that, the quotes that are in there. Um, a couple of the quotes in, the, in that video said, when the world turns its back on you, you turn your back on the world. No! You put your past behind you. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Swimming, swimming, swimming. Your story may not have such a happy beginning, but it's the rest of your story that makes you who you are. So who are you? My thought when I, after I saw that video was like, boom, mic drop. I mean, who knew that animated characters could be so wise, right? I think some of those simple uh, things in there, uh, they, the, those simple characters had something figured out, and that is they understood that when bad things happen, we have two choices. We can either sit in the badness, in the challenge, in the circumstance, which, by the way, I think there, there's a, the Bible says that there's a time to mourn. I think there's sometimes where it's appropriate to kind of be in those things for a certain season. But so that's one choice. We can either sit in all that um, or we can start looking for the good, the good from the bad. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. What will the rest of the story be? And then I wrote this in my notes. I, I, thought, I thought this was, this was helpful for me. It doesn't have to be defined, the rest of the story, by an unhappy beginning. It can be molded by our well-chosen ending. Folks, your story doesn't have to be defined by your unhappy beginning or the unhappy situation that you're in or circumstance you're in. It can be molded by your well-chosen ending. Knowing the bad's now function to be used for good, now what lesson can we learn? Where can we be strengthened? What positive thing can get produced in us, around us, now that the bad has come? What do we allow God to make beautiful out of the mess? Folks, we are in the middle of the story of a dysfunctional beginning of humanity. Again, it's, as the plot thickens, we have to understand that we can take this bad, that we have to live with, and it's what the dysfunction of, of being descendants of Adam, we have to live with this, but we can take that in a broken world and see what good can come from it. And so the question, this actually come up on the screen, is how willing am I to endure the middle to get to the end? How willing are you or am I to endure the middle to get to the end? It's an endurance race for sure. I'm not trying to minimize that today. It's a tough one, one that takes grit, but oh, to make it. And someday, but oh, gosh, folks, I cannot wait for the day. Someday there will be no toil and there will be no pain. That just says in Revelation chapter 21, verse four, it says, someday that he, God, will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. The old order of things will pass away. The bad eventually someday will be wiped out. 
Bad stuff won't happen anymore, and that is coming, and I'm so glad, and I can't wait, but, the, but until then, it's an endurance game, which then kind of takes us to the end of point two today. Understanding why bad things happen requires us knowing it's now function. We got to go to the endurance game and know the function of what we're in when we're in it, see what good might come from the bad. And then finally, point three today, you can write this in. Understanding why bad things happen requires knowing there's only one fix. You feel that in knowing there's only one fix. And I wanted to make sure to include this point today because often the thought is, yeah, but, but he's God, right? Why doesn't he just wipe out bad altogether and just fix it? I mean, nothing is behind him, right? Well, yeah, that's true. The thing is, though, that that comment and what's being described there in that comment is heaven. And we're not in heaven. The only way to fix bad things happening, though there are times when God does intervene and he does miraculous things and that here and there, the only way to fix bad things happening altogether is to end it all. We're told in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, that the Lord is not, is not slow in keeping his promise, as some are understand, understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. We are told that God essentially... God has pain on both sides, and one is eternal pain. One is eternal pain. Pain in bad happening here and now, but pain knowing that there are a bunch of people out there not walking out their lives with him as the Lord of their lives in the driver's seat of their life. And that pain is great too. Actually, you could even make an argument that that is greater since it's forever. And why just ending it all just really isn't an option yet. It will be someday. God will end it all someday, and the end of time will come, and those kind of things, but not yet. I was thinking back to, like, the idea of birthing a baby that I mentioned a little bit ago, right, as we, ladies, you were challenged with that from our rebellion from God and those kind of things. Um, I thought about the fact that, like, many of you know that we have three children, um, Eden, uh, uh, Abby, and Elijah, and... Uh, my wife tells me that every time the pain was worth it. I'll tell you, if it was up to men to have babies, we wouldn't have them. Okay? Um, and so, like, uh, so like it, was like, it was interesting because, right, like, she loved being pregnant. She was one of those pregnant women that, that enjoyed pregnancy. But we have a couple people that are pregnant in the church right now, and it, it stinks. Pregnancy's hard. Right? And then your body changed, all that kind of stuff. And then the whole birthing thing, nope, I'm out. Right? But, at, but you got it, right? We had, we had more than one right? So she went through it one time, and then she decided, hey, let's do that again. Volunteered, even, right? And then, hey, let's do it again. And why? Why would, why would, ladies, why would you go through that, right? And what I'm told is that it's worth it, right? It's worth it. And so let me make this connection, right? Because I think this gives us a good heart of God, is that I think God is in a similar place, that the labor pain of our world today, enduring it a little bit more for him, will be worth it in the end to have more people in the kingdom of God. More rebirths into the kingdom. It'll be worth it. He knows that there's only one fix and things are, are, are not ready yet. We're told in James chapter 5, verses 7 and 8, and this is with the heading of patient Patience in suffering. It says, be patient then, brothers and sisters, you and I, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its crop, its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. It's going to come. Things are going to someday get at a tipping point. They will. 
The pain of the earth will become greater than the pain of not ending things and ending time, and Jesus will come back. There will be a day, but it's just not yet. And until then, we've got to be patient, as I mentioned in the last point, play the long game of endurance, helping each other along the way, by the way. And it's the only way. We've got to help each other in this, by the way. It says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, it says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching, playing the long game of endurance in, in helping each other along the way. That's why being part of a church is important. In our um, statement of faith, which, by the way, we're almost finished having that uh, be able to be printed in brochures, having those at the Welcome Center for you. Um, one of our cornerstone characteristics, one of our theological stances, if you will, uh, is something that we call the now and the not yet. And that what that means is that our theology regarding the kingdom of God leaves space for acknowledging both miracles and suffering which is the tension that I'm referring to in this point, right? Yes, bad stuff happens, but that doesn't mean that God isn't good. Bad stuff happens, but that doesn't mean that God is good or, or isn't good and, or, or is absent. He is just needing to let things play out as long as possible until he has to end suffering altogether, sneaking in here or there with some incredible miracles along the way. By the way, I'm thankful for the times when God does do that. Seeing some of the kingdom now. We, we get to see some of the kingdom now, but not all of it yet until that time. It's a crucial element to understand here, to understanding why bad things happen in this life. It requires knowing, this is our third point today, as we wind down, we'll go ahead and bring Tyler up. We have to understand why bad things happen uh, as knowing that there's only one fix and we just have to wait it out. I know fun for us, right? That's super fun for us. We don't love that, but we do. We just have to wait for that one fix someday. Anybody else ready for it right now? Man, I'm ready. But you know, like I think about, I think about the, we just finished up a, a study on the book of Exodus. You know, how many, you know how long that the people of Israel waited for Jesus to be born? Centuries and centuries and centuries and centuries. They were waiting. And so we just have to wait. Not easy, but indeed where we are. And so to recap today, understanding why bad things happen requires one, knowing it's a beginning, two, knowing it's now function, and three, knowing there's only one fix. Well, we pray that you enjoyed the message today. We pray that it was challenging and that the Spirit has stirred something new in you today. Have a blessed week.